Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 253, Open Communication. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host... Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It's good to be back with you, and I hope you've had a good week. You enjoyed our supermoon, the full moon in Aquarius on August the 1st, and there will be another full moon towards the end of August. Today we're talking about communication. And there are so many facets of communication. Of course, as a Gemini, I love to explore. As you're listening to me, You're not only hearing my words, but in a very Aquarian way, you are picking up the larger picture, the concepts I'm putting across. This ability to pick up patterns, to pick up the bigger picture, to step beyond the small picture that our ears may hear is very Aquarian. And as I share these concepts, I am sharing my ideas that you may resonate with. If you don't resonate with them, they will just disappear. So me as the transmitter are sending to you a shape that is a concept, a little package of thought that you're right brain takes in, not your left brain, and then deciphers into a language that you understand because you resonate with it on an unconscious or subconscious level. Make sense? Hope so. (laughs) You get my idea. So all communication requires a transmitter, a receiver, and a resonant patterning. And that takes place not, as I say, on the, just the ear level. It takes place across the brain. It takes place across the body. We now know that our DNA also acts like a mini transmitter and receiver. And so that when information is passed, It is our DNA that's picking this up, just as we might say it's a mini brain picking up this information and altering what's going on inside that DNA according to the information that's being picked up. Now, as I speak, I'm not just putting words out. I'm putting intention and a frequency, and this makes all the difference. So my intention is not only to share this information, but to help to make sure that we resonate with it. My frequency will help me to do that. So that if I even just say the word hello, I could say, hello, you will both receive the intention and the frequency. And if I say, hello, you receive a different way of me, allowing ourselves to have this more intimate relationship as I speak. So intention plus frequency equals communication. And when those two come together, they form what we call geometry. And geometry, don't all freak out when I would use that word, is shape. 
And there are different shapes everywhere in nature, everywhere in the world, everywhere in our body. So to me, we communicate by sending shapes to each other, little packets of thought. And we receive them as geometry and then translate them into a language or an understanding that we have. And this is what I see when I look at different forms of communication that take place within different mediums, such as water, fire, sand, and what I'm going to just mention is crops. So this week, there have been some amazing crop formations in the south of England. And this is a great time for crop formations because the crop, which you are sending this little package of thought form into, is very high. And so the ability to create these magnificent crop formations, and if you've never seen any, do go to cropconnections or connector.com. You will see that there are these exquisite designs which your left brain might say, oh, I wonder what it means. But your right brain says, I don't care what it means. It feels beautiful to me. At the same time, you might see a shape and you go, oh, it doesn't mean anything to me. Or I'm upset by it. Again, there's a resonance. So what's happening, and I've been studying crop formations since the early 1990s, that something is sending a trigger into that earth and into that crop to create a certain design. And what we've understood is that design is being sent to us to waken up a part of our brain, to waken up our bodies, to waken up those receivers in our bodies that understand what this means in, in our energy system. Now, crop formations don't only occur in the south of England, they occur throughout the world. And they can appear in crops, but they can also appear in snow. They can appear in sand. They can appear in water and then be crystallized, as Veda Austin is doing in her work. So different mediums are being used to transmit information in terms of a geometric shape, a little thought form, a divine thought form in a little package that then reaches us and we interpret it not through our left brain but through our right brain as a whole concept, an Aquarian, the bigger picture. We get a package. And even though we have on our little level no understanding, we are waking up to this information. Now, the beautiful thing about a crop formation is that when you're actually in it, and often the, the crop is fairly high, can four foot, five foot, you actually can't see the design. You're walking in the design, but you can't see it. And I think that's such a wonderful Aquarian idea. You have to be above it in a drone or in a plane to be able to see what the whole design is. And that's life. When we step back, we can see it. And that's the piece that I think is really happening for us at this time, that we're being given the chance to step back. If we're reacting, that's the small part of us. But what is this larger picture that's emerging for us? And recently, there were readings in Congress about UFOs. You might have seen something like that in the US. And there were a lot of people talking about their own experience of extraterrestrials, of meeting different extraterrestrials, whether or not these were human or not, 
that all was something I already had talked about and heard about. But what was interesting that one person said, I think what UFOs are doing is dipping into our dimension and then dipping out again. And that was amazing for me to hear a scientist talk about the way in which once we can travel interdimensionally, we can move in and out of different dimensions and be seen by some and not be seen by others. If I just come back to crop formations, that has happened. That what we know is what sets up the crop formation, again, is intention and frequency. We know frequency is involved in this. We know intention is. So we know that being people who have sat and said, okay, I want this crop formation to appear, and there it appears. But there's also been times where two or three people have driven past a field. One person sees it, the other people, the other people don't. That's because there's not a resonance with that at that time. Later on, that person may go back who didn't see it and say, oh, there it is. And again, it's that shifting our perception, being able to see something because we've shifted. My understanding of crop formations is not that they are a message sent from the sky. To me, the messages are already in the earth. And there's a trigger point, whether this is a spark of inspiration or even a spark of lightning or something that triggers that crop formation to come to earth, to come to being, to be seen. So just taking a step back, we will now understand intention and frequency is very important in our communication. When we have that intention and frequency, they create a shape. That shape can then be sent anywhere throughout the dimensions and to be picked up by a receiver if we have a similar resonance, if that, that receiver is tuned in to that particular frequency. Now we do that with our connection with our guides, our ETs, loved ones. We send a thought out, don't we? We're all, you know, I just need to know I'm loved. We send a little package of thought out. It's received and a little package of information comes back and we say, oh, I'm loved. We don't necessarily need the words, we need the feeling. We need to know it, isn't it? We, we may wake up after a dream and we go, wow, that was really nice. We couldn't actually describe the dream. And if we tried to, we might actually lose the concept of, oh, that was really nice. Because in the sharing of it, we break it down into little words and someone says, well, was that it? And somehow you just don't want to share that because it was much bigger than those few words. So geometry is a container of intention in my understanding. And what we now understand is the universe from our perspective is made up of total geometric shapes. And so when we tap into those geometries in the universe, we're tapping into the mind of God, you could say. And that is how we're communicating with the angels, the ETs, the spirit world, communicating through little geometric shapes that you don't need to think about, because if you do, you probably limit them. But we're sending out a little package of thought. As I say, intention plus frequency creates this shape. And there were shapes all around us in the nature. We may see a pine cone that carries the frequency of the golden ratio, phi, 
PHI. Same in a sunflower, some in a, a celery stalk. And what does this mean? That whenever we're around that shape, we are being spiraled into a new dimension of understanding. When we see the Vesica Pisces, two circles meeting, their circumference going through the center of the other one, we create this lovely oval shape, Christ consciousness, unity consciousness, coming together, oneness, whatever words you want. That oval shape is a meeting of love that takes us to a higher level. And there are other, many other shapes out there in the world. And I've been studying shapes as I'm researching for my new book. And what I've come to understand is that we can all see a dot, we can see a circle around the dot, we can also see a straight line. These are all what we call dimensions. And then we can create another straight line and we, we make a triangle. Good, now we have a two-dimensional triangle. We see it on a piece of paper. A lot of what we're seeing, like you may be seeing me, is two-dimensional at the moment. It's flat. That may be not a good thing. <laughs> Because the next dimension is three-dimensional where we talk about length, depth, and breadth. So you could have a cube or a tetrahedron. These shapes that you say, ah, yes, it's got height, it's got depth, it's got breadth. But that's as far as our little brains, our little eyes take us. We can't see into those other dimensions with our physical eyes. And so people who were artists and sculptors had to become clever and say, well, how do we express a fourth dimensional idea? Because our eyes can't see it. Now, the way we do see it is they created what we call a pentagram, pentagon. So you take a, a cube and you add a fifth point, or I should say a square and take a fifth point. And in that way, you say, ah, that's, now we're in the fourth dimension. But it really was any artist trying to describe to us that the fourth dimension is actually the place of magic. It's the place we are in our dreams, our inner imagination. Therefore, when you're in your dream state, you are warping time and space. Isn't that true? You're suddenly having an experience that lasts for days and it's only a few minutes in your dream. Or you may be able to jump in your dream or you may be able to meet people in dreams. So our fourth dimension or what we call our unconscious or subconscious is the most valuable place to be as long as we don't get locked into it and can't move out of that place. In other words, everything's just a dream. And the way that dream state, that imagination, that magical place was expressed was with the pentagram. So if you see a five-pointed star, you often have a little point at the top if you want to signify that this is a wizard or magic. If you put the point at the bottom, you see it as the devil with the beard. But they're saying the same thing. It's magic. There's something going on when you have a five-pointed star or a pentagon. <laughs> You're understanding that there's some magic going on here. And even if you cut into an apple, you'll see the pentagram in the, in the center. And this is really why apples were commonly used in stories about magic, Sleeping Beauty, etc. 
the golden apple. This magical shift. Even Adam and Eve, the story, of course, it wasn't an apple, but the idea of it was an apple was the idea that if she ate of this fruit, she would see bigger patterns. She would understand herself. And the God at that time was saying, don't eat the apple. We don't want you to understand the bigger picture. She did, of course, which allowed us to be free of a limitation of a three-dimensional world. So here we are, we, we go into the fourth dimension, the pentagram, we could carry on with the different symbols, the hexagram, etc. But I want us to understand that even if you decided to sit in one of these, and you created a hexagram, you sat in it, it's our three-dimensional mind will continually say, yes, but this is just a three-dimensional figure. It's really hard for us to understand ourselves outside that with our little minds. What we need to do is to use our higher senses to be going into those places. And that's why I'm saying is the best thing I can do is to send an intention and a frequency to you in a little geometric pattern and have a medium that can be crop, water, fire, etc., sand. And the medium is not what's important. It's how you and I can receive that information through the shape that's created, whether, as I say, in water or sand or crop. You mustn't get too caught up in just the to what we see, because once we see it, we can also limit it. And I think we all have a tendency if we, I know when I'm traveling around and I see something, it's very tempting to say, oh, that looks like, well, that looks like a camel, that looks like a castle, that looks like a, and then we name it. And once we've named it, we've limited its expression in our higher mind because we keep saying oh it's just a camel or that's a camel rock i'm using or we we limit ourselves so trying to stay away from the small mind trying to interpret this and translate it is very important and the last thing i want to say here is that as i've been looking at shape and looking at how shape influences around the world, I've understood from my different readings for my new book on grids, how there is an understanding that there is a grid formation, a geometric shape that this grid may form coming out from the center point, the heart point of the earth. And this grid formation takes on the shape of a dodecahedron and an icosahedron, two of the platonic solids not wanting to go down that path today. But what is understood is that where these lines cross on the surface of our Earth, the intersection point is called a nodal point. And what is understood that where two energies meet, and again, understand resonance, our two energies are meeting, where we, where we meet in the middle is a power point of information. And that's what is being understood and why I'm describing geometry is almost a package of information. So where two lines cross across this grid is a place where information can be collected. And I've come to understand that where these lines cross, and there was work done back in the 70s where they understood that there were at least 62 nodal points across the planet. And if number one was Giza Plateau, and of course, long before the pyramids were there, the Giza Plateau was a point, number one, everything else fell into place. 
So if you went to the Giza Plateau where the Great Pyramids are, it's not the Great Pyramid only that's allowing you to have experiences. It's the fact that the ancient architects built the Great Pyramid there to intensify the energy that was already coming, to intensify ability to pick up and communicate with the other dimensions at that time. So when we go to a sacred place, and please, it doesn't have to be one of these 62, it can be many places where you feel alive, you feel that the, there's a real strong life force, often where two mediums come together, sand and water, walking along a seashore, being amongst trees. It's a place where we are going to say it's a mini wormhole. And that mini wormhole is a place where you and I can meet in that wormhole and communicate. So communication across the dimensions is enhanced in places where either geometry meets these nodal points or places where you feel what we call the veil is very thin. And it's because there's this mini wormhole there where you're sending a package of information to me, I'm receiving it and sending something back. And that's why these places are exquisitely useful when we want to communicate with higher dimensions. Beings who are living in dimensions that we can't see, sometimes we can't think about them, but they can send packages of information through this wormhole to us that resonates with our higher mind. That's exciting. And so when we're trying to communicate, it's really important to go to places that have this sort of energy that might be changing. As I say, for, uh, water and soil. These places will allow us to communicate in greater ways, to cross across that fourth dimension into higher dimensions. So find a place in your own world, find a place in nature that you feel you are, you can sit in where the energy feels very rarefied, where you feel at peace, enter your heart, clear your mind, and ask that you may see an image that you don't necessarily physically understand mentally, but that you receive a package of information that allows you to expand your consciousness. The world wants to talk to us. It wants to share with us. It wants to, us to communicate in a way where our higher self says, yes, I'm home again. This is available to us now. Follow our hearts, open our minds, find special places, and all will be revealed. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.